Every animal is equal. No animal is better than the other. The difference between bunnies and pigeons, humans and cows, there is nothing. We're all unique and different, but we're all animals, living and breathing. And I think we all deserve to be treated the same. Welcome to MIF Originals, a podcast series where artists developing new work for Manchester International Festival are given a blank audio canvas to fill. A chance to try something new with the podcast form. I'm Isaiah Hall, poet, writer and your podcast host. This episode revolves around Animals of Manchester a live art experience curated by Lois Keaton from the Live Art Development Agency in London and led by artist Sibylla Peters from Hamburg's Theatre of Research. For the final weekend of the festival, they wanted to create a city where animals of all kinds, including humans, live together as equals. Working together with local children, they created an interspecies zone of equality in Whitworth Park in Manchester to explore how humans can be better animals and ask, what can we learn from them? This is a podcast for all animals. What's he saying? I can hear he's saying something, but I can't really understand it. I can understand a few animals. <laughs> I think he said cheeseburger. The bunny was saying, what are you doing? He said, what are you doing? Why don't you tell him what you're doing, Jonas? Um, podcasting. What are you doing? This is a podcast for all animals. Tiger, lion, elephant, giraffe. Budgies, butterflies. And dinosaurs, spiders. Hedgehog, bees. Uh, Crows. Uh, Squirrels, uh, and humans, wasps, wolves, dogs, cats, birds, whales, homo sapiens, moles, and a whale, uh, a rabbit, and a shark. Hello, I'm Sibylla Peters. I'm an artist from Hamburg. I'm artistic director of the Theatre of Research, where we bring artists and children and all kinds of experts together to do research together, mostly on topics which are really interesting to children, but also to all of us. Children uh, sometimes uh, understand animal feelings more and animals more. Some adults think that it's just an animal and they've got more important stuff to do, like go to work. What do you think is more important, going to work or being nice to animals? Being nice to animals. Animals of Manchester is a big event that we are doing for Manchester International Festival. Gather round the golden calf. We are here to talk about animal equality. We are here to talk about how animals could live better together here in Manchester. Animals of all kinds, right, including humans. How can we create a different future for all of us in which all animals are equal? Do you think that's possible? I'm Lois Keaton from the Live Art Development Agency in London. 
Sibylla and I have worked on a couple of projects in the last sort of five or so years, particularly looking at sort of intergenerational relationships and, and the kids she works with at Theatre of Research, their top wish list of anything to do with art or anything to do with anything is working with animals. And that just sort of relates to where we're at in the world right now in terms of climate change, in terms of the biodiversity crisis. And we know kids think very, very differently about their relationship to the natural world. And so this project is really um, sort of bringing kids and adults and animals together to see if we can find different types of companionship, different types of equality between species and just get humans to take a little bit more responsibility for what we're doing to the natural world and who else lives in it apart from us. Why do we get to do everything when all the little animals just don't get to do as many things as us? We're taking over their land. Imagine if they one day had even more powerful things and we were put in that situation. It would just be really sad and I don't know why we're doing it to them either. Hi, I'm Jonas and uh, welcome to Animals of Manchester. First. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk you around the thing, and uh, we can start at the mouse palace. Yeah, Wait, have we got a map, and then we can cross off the places we've been to. I think we'll remember. Well, we can just go around, and then uh, we'll remember if we. Where did Sorry, where was the budgie over here? Budgie. Uh, I think it was there. To create this zone of interspecies equality, we have to work together with kids because they have this approach towards animals that is very much towards an equal. They approach animals as equals more than we do. And so we really need their guidance and therefore we work together with a group of kids as our ambassador kids, ambassadors of the animals of Manchester. Petal, Petal, how does it, how's it feel to be a cow? Do you think it's cruel for you to be, behind, uh, to be kept behind the fence? I think she's saying a little bit because she's like all the way on the edge like that. Yeah, and um, okay, she's going away. Thank you. Disco budgie. Disco budgie. He said, shall we clean? Did he say it's not easy Cheeseburger? Yeah. Thank you, cheeseburger. At least he replied. He did, he's the first one to reply. Isn't well, the first one to reply in human language. Huh? It started at the theatre of research with kids that I work with there who said, can we not use the stage, can we not use the theatre to meet real animals? And it's still an experiment, you know, I, I don't know. It's the first time we try. We will approach the whole thing by trying different forms of togetherness, which kind of transgress this 
boundary between the animal and the human. So we are looking for ways how humans can experience themselves as a part of the animal spectrum. For example, just take a moment and just listen to how many, how many species can you actually perceive in that moment being present. The cat's noises. The snakes are like. The dogs are like. Woof, woof. The cats are like. The birds are like. And the squirrels are like. Quick, quick, quick. And the mouse like. Quick, quick. And the whales do communication on the water like. Chicken is. A chicken is like. Quack, quack. And a duck is like. Quack, quack. A chicken is like. Quack, 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 quack. And. What noise does Lola make? I know. One then. Woof, woof. <laughs> what does this make? Put the wall, All I can hear is the cow chewing and the humans talking. I can't hear any dogs barking. That, that rhymes. What's that, what's that noise there? Uh, squawking, uh, rustling, hedgehogs rustling, birds squawking, dogs growling. Um. What kind of sounds do all animals like? I think a lot of our sort of research over this weekend has suggested that a lot of animals are interested in music and a lot of animals also make music of their own kind. So possibly something sort of, some kind of audio work, some kind of soundscape might be something that works for all animals. What would we actually want them to feel? Maybe it would be nice to give them like some ambient of their most loved habitat. Probably a tennis ball being bounced on the ground. <laughs> yeah, or a, stick, or a stick being snapped off from a train going through. She especially likes water, so running water, that kind of thing. A high-pitched kind of, kind of bark, which means we're going to have fun, I like you. What would actually be the human sound for saying, okay, it's safe to be together right now, or what, what, would, what would be that sound? I think maybe it would be something about humming, but I'm not a musician. Or maybe just a butler, like, like some disco music or something. Uh, I can make some right now. Cheeseburger disco. Dancing. I mean, when I was a kid, I was taught that humans and animals, that's a totally different thing. You know, that's totally, there's a huge difference. And actually, what really counts is what happens between humans. That's the important stuff, right? And everything else comes secondary. So we are learning that we looked away for a very long time and, and that things are not, not in a very good state right now and that we have to re evaluate our relationship with animals. So the Animals of Manchester tries to create encounters with real animals to kind of learn from them that we are in this together.
right? And that we actually have to start acting as being this huge herd that we are on this planet or part of it herd, part of it pack. It says B, you're all that one, the human school. That says B, you're a dog. It's like um, the dog is the owner of the person. Because then the dog is the one who goes everywhere and then the owner follows it. The human school that was created by Angela Bartram. Human school be your dog is, is kind of around the traditional puppy school, so you'd go and take your dog for training and they're really ridiculous situations where you're in a small room and you're trying to teach your dog things but it's crazy, crazy situations. And actually it's kind of the wrong way around. So I do a lot of work with domestic animals, particularly dogs, around equality and being domestic animals and what makes them domestic animals and it's emotional contagion. So when you're sad, they're sad. When you're happy, they're happy. They can kind of understand what's happening and that's to do with emotional contagion. And this just asks the humans to flip it. So in there, the dogs are dogs and they're allowed to be dogs in every, every way possible. So they're off lead, they are in a pack instantly and it's really interesting. You take the dogs off a lead and they're instantly familiar with each other because they're running around and they're sniffing and they're getting to know each other. And then I have to kind of say to the humans, get to know each other. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of a, an introduction and by the end of it they should be as open to that as their dogs are. So by following their dogs they get to understand their own dog a little bit better because they can see what they're looking at, what they're interested in. Being a dog, literally, yeah. Literally got to do everything that this dog does, yeah. Oh my god, great. <laughs> uh, so she sits down and I just get to sit down for half that's a fundamental thing with, with humans. That introduction that I have to give to people to say, get to know each other, is about being conscious of the fact that you're in an awkward situation, etc. You've signed up to this thing, you're not quite sure what it is. Dogs are running around because they have no ego and they just kind of go, brilliant, I don't know you and I don't know you and whatever. And actually by getting rid of some of the, the human ego, you can probably understand each other a bit more and actually understand different species and acknowledge the fact that you're animal and that we all kind of operate in a very particular way, really, beyond being a, a human with all the trappings that kind of comes with that. So the, the people leave more dog than they started. We were being dogs, you know, so we, we had to eat like them, walk like them, lie like them. It was, it was a really interesting prospect, a good, good thought experiment, I thought. I was with Archie and he was uh, very good at barking, so I had, I had to bark a lot as part of my performance. Maybe Archie's quite good at being aware, so maybe being more, being more aware, of, you know, further away. And good, being good at interacting with other, with other people and humans and animals, I think. Dolly has really enjoyed it. That's our dog, Dolly. She's been teaching a workshop on how animals behave and how they move and how they react to different things. She spent a lot of time doing ball work, really. She's taught people how to eat 
and chew carrots from from the ground. And so did so did George, um, Dolly's brother. What else did she do, George? She she's shown people how to be friendly and approach other other people. And how to drink from troughs. Yes. Yeah. This is Carly. She's an eight-year-old Shih Tzu. She's got uh, quite a personality. And uh, yeah, we did the workshop. Quite surprising, I learned quite a lot about her. So I've sort of followed her around and tried to look at things from her perspective. And she's really small, so I had to get really low. So it's quite hard. And then she's more observational than other dogs. And she also likes just looking at nothing. <laughs> she's interesting, isn't it? I'm going to try and be in the moment, <laughs> which is what all dogs do, which we should all try and do. It's a really good way to be. <laughs> Art has the power to create a temporary autonomous zone, if you want, in which something like a what if is, is governing practice. So what if all species were equal? And then, you know, the challenge really is in the detail because then the council comes and says, yeah, but all dogs have to be on short leashes, right? And then you have to say, okay, all dog owners have to be on short leashes too. I think that that's interspecies equality at that point, right? Or, <laughs> for example, the cows, they have to come with like really, really high fencing that makes you think of the slaughterhouse like immediately. So, and there's no way around it. We really, really, really try, all of us try it. It's no way around it. So now we have to get a little bit more of the fencing. I have to go into the fencing myself. But it is about creating a new imaginary space for how, it, how we could live and what we, how wonderful life could be in an interspecies equality world. Every animal is equal. No animal is better than the other. The difference between bunnies and pigeons, humans and cows, there is nothing. We're all unique and different, but we're all animals living and breathing. And I think we all deserve to be treated the same. I think all animals should always stay alive. Yeah. And never die. Imagine if we were the, the animals being killed and not the cows and sheep. We'd be devastated that our loved ones had died, we'd be terrified that it might happen to us. That's probably what the animals feel like. And nobody would see us ever again. We missed our family. The relationship between cows and humans is incredibly important for, for human society, to speak from our perspective now. But we don't see much of the cows. Uh, we see most of them in the supermarket and we really have more like of a consumer relationship with them, which is fine. We are not suggesting any kind of dietary choices in this project, but we still want to question if this is the only relationship that we have with this, these beings or if we are not connected to them in a more existential way. It's a good thing to just make them mayor and, and really appreciate all the or the challenges which may, might come out of a decision like that. Actually, we learned today that the cows mm. express a lot of their feelings with their ears. They are really relaxed right now. You can see it in their ears. They're fully focused on eating. They're not listening much to us. Maybe the cow in the back is actually listening to me. Petal, is it you? 
petals come over here yeah we have golden calves around here and they would like to greet you golden calves would you like to take a carrot and say hello to our mayors and if they accept the carrot from you it will be a sign that they agree with your ideas and suggestions with everybody else and i've got a carrot have you? My dad's got it. I'm gonna feed it to the mayor. Did you, did you actually say anything? Yeah. I'm feeding the cow. Or at least trying to. <laughs> this carrot could literally fit up the, nu the nostril. <laughs> um, wait, I think she's not finished. You know they vomit their food back up and then put it back down. That's a bit gross, isn't it? Um, yeah. But that's what cows do. I think we can learn from animals that we are ourselves animals. When at the um, beauty parlor where you can get your uh, bandanas and stuff, and you can get your claw finger. The Bestiary Beauty Parlor is created and designed by Katharina Duve. Hair is a material humans and animals share, and it feels like hair is part of a big rule system and um, gives reference to gender, to religion to different ways adults actually try to tell children how to behave. Sometimes it feels like humans are kind of scared about hairs and shave it off everywhere it grows. And so we thought we would like to invite the audience to, to experience hair in a new way. It's not about becoming or making yourself a costume to be a penguin or something, but it's to stress your own animalship become a little bit more animal-like, to, to give yourself a sign of, of your own being a part of the animal spectrum. But it's not to turn into an animal, but just to give yourself this little bit of fur that you might crave for anyway, you know. And then if we move on, here's the animal registration desk, where you can um, get your nose print and uh, claim your animal ship. Um. And here is like uh, a place where uh, the artists uh, tell you about the animals and why they're so amazing. I talked about um, the cuttlefish. Um, that they're capable of uh, changing colour and they're also, um, they can uh, also change how their body shape looks like. like. So a cuttlefish can turn into a hermit crab. So it looks exactly like a hermit crab. 
It's like a transformer. <laughs> Literally transforming into a different animal. Just looking at the kids that have been involved in this event, the kids we've worked with, the kids who've been the ambassadors and the kids who've attended this event, I feel really confident about the future. I mean, I'm beginning to feel confident about the future because of the whole kind of school strikes movement. But listening to these kids over this week and how they think about animals, how they respect animals, how they articulate their feelings and how they're taking a stand, I think it's been really, really empowering, actually. I'm... Grace and I'm 10. I was in a part of Animals of Manchester that was Voices of the Extinct where we tried to we tried to understand what it would be like to be extinct an extinct animal or to be the last of your your kind and we'd we'd really get try and get into the point of view of those animals and make people understand that it's it's so so important to understand that that these are that they were once here they were and and humans destroyed their habitats and caused them to die out we just started with a bunch of words and they kind of knitted together into a, a poem and so this is about the barbary lion it says we were the lords the highest the greatest, the mightiest, the best, the most important and most graceful, always the hunter, never the prey, but that was long ago. Scared, hunted, hurt, alone, trembling with fear, hungry, thirsty, dry, we are the prey now, we are uncared for, there is nothing to do but stop. There are lots of species which are extinct already due to human impact. So that relationship has to change in terms of respecting also their habitat. There's another one here that's, it's not about a particular animal, it's about all the animals that are extinct now, really. And it's speaking in the voice of these animals. It says, we don't understand why you hate us so much, why you destroy everything, why you think us inferior. Why would you do this? Why didn't you help us? They would tell us that, look, look at yourselves, there's, there's been millions of animals that have been extinct and you're not doing anything about it. We're still here, why don't you're still here? Why don't you make a difference? Do you have a message for all the animals? You mean in human language? In any language. Uh, mm, well, you're all important. All animals... All animals are important. So let's try that again. Was it rustling? All animals are important. My message to all animals is, if any human is trying to kill you, just try to defend yourself if you can. Try to run away as fast as you can, or then your life is gone. Don't be scared of humans only if you have a gun or like trying to kill you. Try and be like, if you're like a bit feisty or something, just be a little bit calmer, and then maybe you'll get a bit more attention, and then you'll be a better animal.
Not saying that you weren't, but yeah. How every animal's the same and they're all living, breathing creatures. And as I said, cows are no different to humans. And what it would feel like if they suddenly started killing us for food. And I think we all deserve happy lives. Me too. I think animals should live in peace and harmony because they should be happy and they should live long. Cheeseburger, what would your message be for all animals? Chicken. Cheeseburger. 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 Cheesecake. Wait, did you hear him? He said something. Listen. Hello? Oh, he's saying that was a podcast for all animals whether or not you agree in interspecies equality whether or not you believe it's a thing that can happen the children do and I think that's important we should try children of the future and animals are indicators of our planet's future so if we are getting rid of our future and the children know then everything is pointing to us we can make a change when I took my sister to animals of Manchester my little sister she's 13 and she's really um, interested in um, deforestation and the damage it does and she's been to protests so we did the um, Memorials of Extinction workshop in Animals of Manchester where you write a poem on um, planks of wood and then they stick it into the ground or wrap it on the trees and my sister's was uh, deforestation needs to stop and it just made me think about things that I have in my priority of life versus like when I was younger what I cared about and it reminded me that as you get older different things take priority but the planet is always going to be here and it's, it's going to be there after you die, it's there before you, you, you've lived. If you can contribute to its growth rather than its detriment ultimately, then that's a beautiful thing. For each of these episodes, I'm sharing an original poem in response to what we've heard. This poem is about the selfishness of humanity. Consumerism. The dirty claws of greed. It's about the future, our future, from a perspective of me. I'm not telling you to be a vegetarian or anything or a, or a vegan. That's not the point of the poem. I don't have, this is not a disclaimer. I'm just saying like, I eat meat, but I eat vegan as well. I'm a flexitarian. So this is not a, an advert for like veganism or anything. It's just a poem, jeez. Mammal on your menu, animal all enamel for a family feast. Oxtail, front page, handing you feet, featuring face, thanks to the chef, a sly in my soup, a wine on your left like Dionysus. 
Flies teach us to dance. Bees teach us to duck. Moths keep me awake. Sleep needs me enough. Worm first means bird is early. Pigeon curls into dove. Listening earth, you should trust the ladybird isn't bugged. The amarillo caterpillar damages my chrysalis. Says suffocate is butterfly. Why does he die the prettiest? So blood goodbyes, no wing in it goes. Sugar shy, one million, a dozen eyes for couple wings. I covered mine in crinoline. I have a little hunch in camel that children telling animals to run from adults means the future is in camouflage. The balaclava uh, balance beehives in bathtubs. Freeze dried the antlers like knee high Alaskas. Mammal on your menu, meaning venison avenge over skeletoning venues, monarchy a swan, forest swallowing me gone, green gobbling me up, we are colony of one now. The year is tomorrow and there is nothing left to reincarnate into. The next and final episode in this series has been put together by me. I'm going to be looking into the making of Alphabus, a show which I co-wrote with three other writers for MIF-19. Together with Flexing Dance Company, we created a modern myth that uses both poetry and dance to tell a story about power and weakness, authority and rebellion. Dialogue is brilliant and dance is brilliant, but the second that you put them together, it yeah, just kind yeah, of creates something. A, it becomes its own art form, I guess. It's not dance, it's not poetry. Definitely. Poor dance. Thanks for listening to MIF Originals. Special thanks to the artists and curators of Animals of Manchester, Sibylla Peters, Lois Keaton, Angela Bartram and Katerina Duve. And of course to the children and animals of Manchester, Jonas, Amar, Abdullah, Kitty, Willem, Tabrez, Awais, Mustafa, Grace, Emmett, Martha and Dexter, Dolly, George and Diane, Archie and Sammy, Kathy and Trisha, Petal the Cow and Cheeseburger the Budgie. Thanks to Vicky Clark and Martin Rack for the music. It was presented by me, Isaiah Hall, and produced by Katie Callen. It's a reduced listening and MIF production. Until next time, my animals. <laughs> <laughs>